Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. This week's guest is a jeweller, the owner-operator of Windfall Jewellery, full-time mum and wife, and if that weren't enough, a professional Muay Thai fighter, Lani Williams. We talk about what attracted Lani to jewellery, why being your own boss is awesome, and why crafting jewellery is a process and can't happen overnight. Jewellery has that capacity to be like a time capsule, you know, like we kind of trap these memories into something that's material, which can potentially be handed down through generations. So it does become really special to create something like that. Before we get into why you started Windfall specifically, why jewellery? When did you know you wanted to be a jeweller? So I don't come from a background of jewellery. My parents aren't jewellers. They are creatives, but I don't come from a succession line of jewellers to teach me the trade. What I do have is a lot of creative people in my life. And I guess growing up, my parents, they travel quite a lot and they brought me back trinkets and jewellery and things like that. And I guess I would just collect it over time. And so when I started traveling as an adult, I naturally did the same. So I would collect jewelry everywhere. I went all over the place. And it was just on one of those trips, I just decided that I was going to teach myself how to make jewelry. I didn't set out to create a business like what Windfall is now. I just thought I'm going to teach myself how to make it because I'm interested in it and see where it takes me. So it was just an organic thing that happened. So Windfall and Jeweling came organically to Lani, and then at some stage she founded a business. When did she start Windfall? We started Windfall 10 years ago in October, so we're just about to hit a decade at the end of the year. A whole decade. It's the longest job I've ever had in my whole life. That's so cool, but it's a cool <laughs> job to have had for the longest time. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and there's no long service leave on the horizon, so I must be <laughs> fairly happy there. It's been 10 years of creation for Windfall. I wanted to know what Lani was doing before she realised her passion lay with jewellery. So I've worked in heaps of retail, everything from retail assistant to manager. I've done area managing, visual merchandiser. So I've worked in lots of aspects of retail. I didn't love it. It was just one of those things that I just fell into and just kept doing and just naturally kind of progressed the ranks, I guess. So on one of these trips overseas, I just had one of those light bulb moments and thought, I'm not going to do something that I'm not passionate about, that I don't love. I'm going to put all of my energy into something that I'm in love with and see where that takes me. And here we are. 10 years later. 10 years later. (laughs) How did it transition from an idea and some learning to a business? What I did when I got back was I just naturally kind of stepped back from a full-time role. So I just got back. I went pretty gung-ho on the idea set up an ABN, etc. But what I did have to do was still pay the bills. So 
I still worked full time and then I dropped a day back more and more until I was able to set myself up to actually stick it to the man and go out solo. But I overlapped a lot. So it was probably about maybe 18 months to two years that I overlapped working with my ex-employers and working on retail. So I would work full time and then four days and I would do that during the day. And then when I come home at night, I would just work hard on my own pieces. So there was a lot of overlap. Do you think that your work in retail, visual merchandising, etc., has helped you with Windfall? I do. Yeah, totally. I think the major takeaway for working in like that fast fashion industry was I learned what I didn't want my business to be like. I think you see firsthand like the intense volume of styles and inventory and waste and excess and that really kind of planted the scene in me that I didn't want my brand to operate like that I wanted it to operate as sustainable as possible with the focus on you know utilizing local suppliers and with a real huge emphasis on reducing the use of packaging and excess shipping and freight and those big fast fashion houses don't really think too much about that so I think what I gained the most from from that was what I didn't want to become a what not to do (laughs) what not to do Yeah. yeah yeah I obviously there was heaps of positives as well but that was the huge takeaway for me just the excess and the volume that would come into the stores and a lot of kind of styles that would just become redundant and obsolete and just just so wasteful so that was a huge takeaway your journey was doing the retail thing then an overlap of a couple of years where you were working for another jewelry company I imagine or your own no just my own yeah yeah so typically a lot of jewelers these days will do a full-time jewelry making course and what they'll do is apprentice. So they usually apprentice under another jewelry house or another jeweler and they do lots of simple things like um, ring resizes, cleans, rhodium plates, things like that. So they do lots of the little the little jobs in for another jeweler until they can kind of set themselves up. I just did it myself I didn't I wasn't skilled enough to go work for someone else so I could only work for myself so I had to figure it out the hard way when Lani was starting Windfall she put not only a lot of time and effort into her creations but also juggled other jobs I wondered if there was also some study that went into her journey did she study dueling So for the most part, I'm self-taught. I didn't go and do a full-time jewellery course. Looking back now, I wish I did, but I just did a couple short courses and they were just purely for me to figure out whether I wanted to do it or not. The short courses were like as short as a couple hours a week for four weeks. So you could kind of cram them into two or three days and they just taught me the absolute basics And from there, I just collected tools and jewelry making equipment. And I would just sit at home in my studio and figure it out. Lots of trial and error, lots of reading books and heaps of YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Heaps of YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you grew your skills under your own name and under, was it Windfall from the very beginning? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was always Windfall jewelry. Why, why Windfall the name? So windfall is an old sailor's term. It means an unexpected stroke of good luck. And I love those kind of old sailor's tales and fables. 
and Windfall. It's just, it's really short and punchy, you know? Like, I really remember those names that are just really short, really fast. They stick in your brain and it just sounds nice. Windfall jewelry, it's easy to remember. Everyone can pronounce it. You know when you read sometimes a, a label, you don't know how to pronounce it? And I'm terrible at pronouncing things. So for me, let's just keep it really short and sharp and simple. Okay, so we now know why Lani called her business Windfall and how it took hours of practice and a lot of YouTube. But how did it tangibly start? Was it just an online jewellery store in the beginning? I set up the website straight away. Oh, my original goal was to do lots of markets. I'm not sure what happened to that idea. I think I kind of pivoted from doing markets to I did a lot of tattoo conventions. So I've got a lot of friends who are tattooers. At the time, tattoo conventions were getting heaps of foot traffic. So I, instead of doing market stores on the weekend, I would do a couple tattoo conventions a year. And that really helped to broaden my horizons and make some connections that way. But I always have the website and the website is always generating a lot of traffic. The website's quite exciting to see from the very beginning compared to where it is now. There's some awesome data that you can kind of collect when you've got a website where compared to doing a market as such, you can kind of see where your audience is growing, who they are, where they come from. Compared to a marketplace, you don't really store that data to reflect on. With tattoo conventions and lots of hard work under her belt, when did Windfall transition from online to an actual space where people could come in, see and touch her jewellery? Windfall must have been about maybe four years old before we got our first store. And what it was, we had someone who owned like a little garage kind of space, I guess you could call it. And it was directly opposite a cafe that they owned. And they just said to us, do you want to rent it out for a couple of weeks? So it was just a pop-up shop. The idea was to just rent it out for four weeks, see how we went in there. And it did so well that they offered a longer lease for us. So we ended up staying in there. I think it was six or nine months. And we just, in the beginning, we thought, stuff it. Like, what's the worst that can go wrong? You know, we'll try it for four weeks and see how we go. And it was really good to kind of be out there and meet the people that we were selling to rather than everything just being digital. So we had our first space in South Melbourne and it literally was just like a one-car garage. I loved that space. It yeah, was really cool. cool. It was really awesome. Concrete floors. It was really simple. So we stayed in South Melbourne until the same person who owned that space offered us a second one that was a little bit bigger and we went there for another year. And once that lease was up, we tried a new area. We thought we'll go from the south side to the north side and just see what happens. And it just turned out that our, we figured out our clients would pretty much follow us anywhere. So we went to the north for a little bit until we decided to come back to Footscray, which is where we started. So I started out of a bedroom in my house in Footscray. So when the perfect studio came up back in Footscray, it was kind of a no-brainer for us to go back to where we had originated from. Very serendipitous. Isn't it? Yes. And you have... So you've grown from just you, Lani, to yes. you have a team now. I've got a team. I Amazing. know. That's a really hard part of opening up your business, I think, when you're so passionate about something and it's your little baby. It can be quite hard to let people in and there's always that concern of are they going to be the right people? Are they going to be as passionate as I am? So 
I had a girlfriend just say to me, if you want some help, I'm willing to help you out and kind of step back in my role and just do a day here and there. And she became my first full-timer. She obviously realized that she loved it too. So she kind of slowly stepped back from her role. And we had Krista for about five years before she had her uh, first baby. And all of the staff that I've taken into Windfall, I've been really close with. So they've actually been friends of mine. And it works really well because they're so passionate about the business. They're so, they're personally connected to me. So they're really passionate about windfall success. So it's worked really well for us. I guess it wouldn't work for everyone, but for windfall, it definitely does. And they're awesome women and we just kind of click and work together. So it's awesome. Also, you make for good photo shoots when it's all just like straight <laughs> women that standing around being like, yes. <laughs> They're all babes too. There's definitely some bloopers in there we'll slowly release. We're not all serious. <laughs> okay, fair. That's good to know. <laughs> Why do you think a business like Windfall is important? I think it's that that involvement, you know, like you Prouds is awesome. They make some really cool stuff. You could go in there and just buy something straight off the rack and that suits some people, but I think these days people love that personal attachment that comes with designing something from start to finish. So the whole process, being able to come into a studio and choose your gold and feel and touch the stones and have a real connection with them is really special. For our clients, they kind of want to create something that's a one-off and it becomes really tactile and personal. And what about for you, Lani? Why is Windfall important for you personally? This is my outlet. Windfall is like all the things that I guess I'm not. Sometimes you kind of, you design those things that are like cute and bubbly and pretty and sparkly and you mold all those things that like you don't feel as a human sometimes and it just becomes your creative outlet. So it can be quite cathartic for me. It's evident that Lani loves to create jewellery. I wondered, when she isn't working on a client-specific piece, how she comes up with her ideas. I generally design stuff that I think I would like to wear. And, you know, we get a lot of feedback from the girls in the studio and also our clients about what works and what doesn't work. And we just kind of mold them into pieces that we think people would enjoy. The stuff that I design that I would like to wear are always the worst sellers. (laughs) (laughs) All of the stuff that I could imagine on my own finger, they're always the ones that don't sell. (laughs) As well as the other stuff. And it's always those last minute things that we kind of piece together that are like our best sellers. It's so funny. Like we'll create like a whole range of stuff that we absolutely in love with and they'll slowly get some traction and those two or three pieces that I just kind of stick on the end that I don't know they might be a leftover from a different range or something I've been working on for ages and I just kind of whip together they're always the best sellers it's very bizarre I know (laughs) so while what she loves to wear may not be everyone's first choice Lani and her team at Windfall do a lot of client specific creation and make custom pieces I asked how that process works. We do have a lot of clients that come in and they're like, I just know I want a windfall piece, but I don't know what that looks like. And that can be quite tricky. Lots of problem solving. We, we, but you know, everyone's got screenshots of stuff. 
it's like the first thing is like, you know, you just ask them to go through our Instagram and tell us what they love and also what they don't like. And it's just kind of a process of elimination. So if they have absolutely no idea, we just generally get them to show us what they like and narrow down the options. And they might like 20 pieces and we just kind of start culling. I don't know, it just kind of starts to happen organically. Once someone kind of feels something on, they generally will know straight away whether it's them or not. Lots of, I like this rose gold thing, but I don't think it suits me. They'll try it on and it'll be like, yes, straight away or a straight no. It's lots of trial and error. And it's just a process of elimination. Really ask them for lots of reference photos, stuff that we've done in the past that they like. Even other reference photos from like different jewelers or sculptors or artists and we can kind of piece it all together. But we just generally ask them for a couple different ideas, shapes, colour, and then we kind of, we can take the lead a little bit from there and piece it together. Has there ever been a moment where you give them the piece and they're like, I don't like it? The end piece? Yeah. Like, no. Is there, are there steps along the way where yeah. they have, okay, sure. Yeah. So we generally will do some sketches with them. And also what we could do is like a computer mock-up. So after we do like a rough sketch of different shapes and layouts, we can do what's called a CAD, which is a computer-aided design. And if they don't have the vision, that will give them a pretty clear idea of how it's going to look before we actually make it. And so if they think, you know, I think I like yellow gold and green stones and black accents or something. We can do like a mock-up and show them before we take it any further. So generally, if they have no idea and we're just rolling with it as we go, we'll show them lots of different mock-ups before we actually step into the studio and make anything. Because otherwise, it's just it, there's so many hours of time that could potentially be wasted before if we don't show them a mock-up first. So we do lots of back and forth, lots of sketches, lots of different sketches, different orientations and get the go ahead before we jump on the tools. Right. Because once it, once you are starting to mold things and create yeah. things, that's. Then yeah. we're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> then we are going for we're it. We're going for it. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> Can you tell me what a day in the life of you looks like? I work between two spaces. So I live down in Torquay on the surf coast where I work remotely for some of the week. And so if I'm down here, I do lots of sketches and I'm sourcing stones pretty much nonstop. Gemstones come in trends, right? So at the moment, our clients are in love with sapphires. So they're just so hard to find the perfect one. So I'm constantly looking for the right stones for people. Black diamonds, sapphires, morganite, salt and peppers, you name it. I'm constantly searching for it. So that sort of thing I can do down here while I work remotely. When I get up to Footscray, the girls hit me with all of the problems for the week. It's like the first thing they do. They give me all the fires to put out. But then it's just a matter of looking through the orders that have come in in my absence and kind of prioritizing who's going to do what and when. And from there, if I get the time, I will jump on the tools. But I generally will do lots of lots of projects, planning, so that the right girl is on the right job. When you say sourcing stones, what does that yeah. mean? Like just scouring the internet? 
Yes and no, not really. So we've got lots of different suppliers that supply stones for us. So lots of merchants. So maybe like a gemstone merchant or a diamond merchant, and they've just got trays and trays and trays of stones. And they will put some on the internet. So they will have catalogs, say on like a private website, but generally lots of phone calls lots of Zoom meetings, lots of WhatsApp videos to try and find the right thing. So it's, yeah, it's about like reaching out through every avenue, phone, email, WhatsApp, you name it. Some of them are quite older couples and families that have been in the business for a long time and their processes are quite manual. So some of them are literally got a give them a phone call and ask them for specifics. Their world isn't as modern as some of our other suppliers, so they don't have access to, I don't know, great photography studios to kind of upload it to the Mm. internet. So, Mm. yeah, every avenue possible. (laughs) So you're literally just going on some person's word being like, yep, this is a great sapphire, this dimension, this... That's right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but we've got such good relationships with all of our suppliers that I put a lot of faith in them and vice versa. So they will generally send it down to me so I can see it in person. And it's the same with photography as well. Like sometimes photos and videos can be quite misleading. So we'll generally get them to get it to our studio so we can show our clients or I can see it, see a visual before we say yes. How long does it actually take to make a piece of jewellery? Let's say a ring. So our lead times, we like to allow about eight to 10 weeks. At the moment, it's even pushing out to 12 weeks from Mm -hmm. start to finish. But generally, if all goes to plan, we could probably around six weeks-ish. That's when everything goes to plan. But what we like to do is have a buffer. And given the climate we live in, we have to have a buffer, like, Borders close, floods happen, custom sucks, things break. It's hard to get things into the country if we need different tools. So we give ourselves quite a bit of a buffer. Sometimes we could smash it out in like four to six weeks, but now everything's a lot slower. So we just like to say eight to 10 weeks. What is taking up that time? Because like that, you're not actually spending six weeks molding pieces of jewelry, right? It's because we're such a small team. So we've got three jewelers that will work different shifts, but it's a slow process. It's lots of back and forth. So it's not just working on that one piece as well. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of chipping away at multiple pieces at one time. So we'll have like a a workload of the same thing that we need to do for a whole lot of jobs and we'll smash out that one thing for the whole the whole work line before we can move on to the next thing. So because we don't just have one order come in by itself, we can't just do that one, sign it off, do the next one. We're kind of chipping away at each little bit on multiple orders and the volume is just so unpredictable like the growth is it's steadily increasing and we've got the same amount of staff and I think like across the board it's just all I think everyone's really struggling to kind of be able to be in the workplace full-time all together as well so we've only really just been allowed to all come in together and that's put a bit of a strain on us as well. There is clearly a lot of work involved in creating a piece and running Windfall generally. I wanted to know if Lani ever saw herself owning a business, and more specifically, a business like Windfall Jewelry. 
Yes and no. I guess there's part of me that always knew that there was something great I was supposed to do. I didn't know it was going to be jewellery. I didn't even know it was going to be a business, but I knew that there was something for me. But if you are 16-year-old Lani, hell no. I had no idea what I wanted to do then. Even 20-year-old Lani did had no idea, but I knew that I was destined for something. And part of me also doesn't know if I just manifested it into my life. Who knows? I'm not sure. Maybe I just told myself enough times that I was going to be great one day and I made it happen. I didn't. I definitely didn't know I was going to be a jeweler. Here, Lani talks a little bit more about her surprise in owning Windfall and also why she thinks it's been so successful. When I first started Windfall 10 years ago, I didn't imagine I would have a team of five and a studio in Footscray, you know, but I knew that what I was going to make was going to be awesome and I knew people would love it. I just didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what the end goal was. And even now, you know, I don't, I don't know what 10 years down the road looks like for us, but I just knew that I had the capacity to make that happen if I wanted to. So we know a lot of work goes into both the daily running of the business, but also each of the individual pieces. I asked the question I think we all want to know. Are there some not so great parts of her job? I know you said that you get into the office and it's like, what kind of problems do I need to solve now? <laughs> what, what, what are some of the problems? Deadlines. Deadlines are the problem. I think with COVID especially, what we've been faced with are really weird deadlines and timeframes. So now people can travel. Next week they might not be able to travel. It's given us these really weird lead times with things. So people might place an order for an engagement ring two weeks later. They're like, by the way, I'm, I've booked a venue and it's only available this day and can you make it happen tomorrow? And we're getting that a lot this year. So that's probably the not so fun part of my job in 2021 is adapting to really quick timeframes. And, you know, I think it's across the board. It's not just obviously windfall and jewellery. I hear it from so many business owners. Is plans just change so rapidly these days yeah. that people just want stuff now and because the future is futile you know we don't know when we're going to get locked down again and we don't know when we're not going to be able to have mum at our wedding day so people are like let's pull the trigger now and that makes it difficult for us but we find methods and we work around it we've got a whole studio full of jewelry ready to go that we can resize so if people want to do something tomorrow they can we've got other options but it, yeah that's probably the hardest thing for us at the moment is just crazy travel plans and deadlines and borders will open and close now we've covered that, I also needed to know what the best parts of what Lani does are. I guess the freedom to be myself. You know, I get to work in a workplace where I can truly be who I want to be and express myself creatively. I'm my own employer as well, so I'm not confined by any rules about what I should look like or how I should dress at work or act or speak. And I just get to express myself freely. And I've never had that in a workplace before. So truly grateful for that. That's probably the best thing about working for Windfall. Has there been a moment or moments that really validate what you do at Windfall? I really love seeing people come in to pick up a rework of an heirloom piece of jewellery. So at the moment, we're doing lots of remodels of, say, 
like Nana's passed away and she's handed down a ring and I love doing old remodels and bringing those pieces back to life and when our clients come in and pick them up and are overcome with emotion that's really validating but anytime someone comes in and they get like happy tears is an awesome moment anytime I see a proposal I'm a crier I love weddings I love proposals so when people come into the studio and they cry happy tears it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of do you think that you'll be doing this forever Absolutely. Yeah, I'll die doing this forever. (laughs) And when I'm dead and gone, hopefully my son will continue (laughs) my legacy. (laughs) Is your son interested in dueling? Yeah, he is actually. He wants lots of businesses. He's seven years old, so he hasn't actually had to work very hard yet. But I guess he sees his parents work very hard at what they do. And that does rub off on him. So he does talk about owning his own business or businesses when he's older and he does talk about me teaching him how to make jewelry but time will tell he is seven but hopefully (laughs) when I'm dead and gone he will want to continue it in my name no one's ever taken that question so literally like forever (laughs) (laughs) you're like yeah even when I'm even when I'm dead it's gonna it's gonna live on even beyond that oh yeah 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 we keep living on and on (laughs) so not only does Lani see herself dueling forever she can also see herself passing on her skills to her son. Before I let Lani go, and speaking of the younger generation, I asked her what she would tell someone thinking of starting their own business or wanting to become a jeweler. I would say do it. Start now. There will never be the perfect time to start anything. So you may as well get cracking now. Like people will always tell you, that owning your own business is risky, it's hard, it's silly, it might not work, but without risk, there's no reward. And if you're passionate about something enough, the reward will always outweigh the risk. So just do it, babe, everybody. You heard Lani, just do it. I'd like to extend a big thank you to Lani for taking the time to talk and prove that if you realize you want to do something, you absolutely can. You just need to work hard and remain focused. If you want more information about Lani or Windfall Jewelry, head to windfalljewelry.com. W-I-N-D-F-A-L-L. Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.